0: Hey, everybody. Welcome to Investing in Cannabis. I'm your host, Brandon David, as always. Great show. We're out in Arizona again. I'm actually in Arizona right now, uh, but we're out in Arizona at the golf tournament for the third Uh, episode of the three. The first two were great. I hope you enjoyed those. Uh, Big shout out to Lemon Haze and Brian and Headset and everybody that I hung out with out there. Uh, Looking forward to the next one. Uh, I'm for sure going in Orange County, but there's more to come. Anyway, today's episode is with Dimitri, who's real OG in terms of Arizona cannabis. Uh, He is the head of MITA, or the Marijuana Industry Trade Association. That's a mouthful. Uh, But he is full of wisdom and knowledge, and we had a very in-depth conversation. He's been there since the beginning, fighting originally for medical cannabis in Arizona, now recreational cannabis, through the first time that it failed on the ballot. Really interesting conversation. And now where they are today, and how to help companies, and how he makes connections, how he helps people raise money, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. It's a great conversation about arizona and the future i know you're gonna like it i learned a ton you're gonna learn a ton tune in listen up get acquainted how are you man what's going on how are you how you been honestly i can't be better we're sitting out here in this beautiful setting we're gonna talk
1: about weed what could be better in life the new land of freedom arizona recently legalized adult use market like what like five weeks ago right six weeks ago January 19th 2021 was the start date for the dispensaries to be allowed to sell almost every dispensary is converted mm-hmm. legally people could start uh, consuming possession
0: it's remarkable how quickly that turnover happened yeah uh, I'm from California and when we passed in 2016 it took us a long ass 2018 excuse me took us a long time to sell the first recreational cannabis.
1: So the, the main reason why it was expedited was because the authors of the law understood the transition that had occurred in other markets back since 2012, 13, Colorado, Washington. And um, the lawyers and lobbyists designed it in a way to make a smooth transition from the medicinal regulatory structure to the adult use regulatory structure. And the Department of Health Services, which is the regulatory agency that oversees the whole thing, Read the law as it was passed in November of 2020, and said, "You know what? It is what it is." So they just ran with it. They didn't uh, create any obstructions, and they did a transition within 75 days, which was an incredible, incredible period of time. Yeah, but was- the subtext of that is
0: Arizona is very pro-business. So I have this theory that in these other very liberal states, they are purposely slowing it down. You know, and. It doesn't seem to be happening here.
1: You know, I, I don't think there's any absolute truths on exactly what goes wrong. I do know what went right in this situation, and what went right was a regulatory agency who just wanted to get their job done, and they just got their job done. The statutory framework was written so tightly and well that there wasn't much wiggle room for anything. There were some few regulatory adjustments that they could, could make, and they made those. Um, and also within the state of arizona and as you're saying pro business in general we do have a spirit of people are less likely to get involved in tinkering with the free market Mm. and any form of government regulation is really a a form of tinkering in a sense whether it's good bad unintended protected necessary blah 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 it's all tinkering and so there wasn't a lot of tinkering here
0: that's Very helpful and a nice way. I'm a very helpful guy. It's put very nicely. Tell us what you you. do. What are you doing here? Why are you on this show?
1: Uh, So, well, because you invited me on this show. So My name is Dimitri Downing. I haven't introduced myself yet. (laughs)
0: Yes.
1: (laughs) Go ahead. Uh, I'm Dimitri Downing. I am the, well, here in this capacity, I'm the founder of Meta AZ, which is a group that I formed to help individual C-suite management owners. Marijuana Industry industry Trade trade Association. Yes, and it's called marijuana because I go right at the issue. And I've never met somebody who says that I'm going to call it marijuana rather than cannabis because I hate marijuana. And you find me that person and I'll let you kick my ass. Right. No one calls it marijuana to degrade it to something less than cannabis. No, no. It, it, I mean... It, pot. It, uh, the
0: Yeah. The flu- pot oh. is the word I don't yeah, like. Yeah, if right. they say
1: pot or, or dope, you know, they're well, saying... Well, dope is like heroin. Yeah, but yeah, but if somebody says, "Are you smoking dope?" That means they're making fun of you. No. Yeah. Somebody yeah. Says exactly. Are you smoking marijuana? They're asking you a question. Yes. yes. And that's a mis- misconception that a lot of politically correct. That's read. interesting. There is this
0: misconception that marijuana is this evil word among Hispanics, right? It's like been demonized somehow. Right. And you're saying that's not the case.
1: Well, originally, way back when, the origins of the word are, are such. You know, it was. It was a a term coined to use to describe pot, marijuana, cannabis in a certain way. But it evolved into something different. And what I found, and it's very important to note, if you're on the advocacy trail, because as a a business member, we all have to continue a certain level of advocacy. If you're confronting one of these 60 to 100-year-old buddy duddies who think that marijuana was the reason why we lost the Vietnam War (laughs) or some other concept like that, you know, and you walk into their office, and they're Republicans or whatever party they are. Joe Biden might be one of them, and you say, "Sir, I want to talk to you about cannabis policy." Well, his eyes perk up, and he says, "Well, this is just a advocate who's trying to spin me with his clever words, calling marijuana cannabis." But if you walk in and say, "Sir, I want to talk to you about marijuana policy," he'll say, "Okay, let's talk about marijuana." He doesn't think to himself, you know, if he calls, uh, well, he doesn't think it's it's a worse thing because it's being called marijuana. He just thinks it's a substance called marijuana. There, there's very few people still left alive who want to use marijuana. As some sort of like derogatory term, right? So I called it the Marijuana Industry Trade Association because we wrestled with that issue. Red State Arizona Republicans, and I went right after it. And so to have good, honest conversations with people, you need to communicate well. That's why political correctness is just such bullshit. You know, I mean, if you come at somebody and say you don't want to say, I want to say, African American or Native American, they're like, ah, you know. You lose the, you lose the conversation automatically, because they think you're just somebody in there who's trying to spin them, and change the world that they the world of facts that they know around them. Mm-hmm. You never get into those things that are subjective in nature. That's some really deep stuff. That's deep. Yeah. Well, you know, messaging I'm a deep guy. is very important. It is.
0: Um, you want to talk so, about me now? No, you brought up bullshit. I want to talk about okay. bullshit. <laughs> um, so in California, we have a bunch of equity programs, and in California. Uh, or in arizona i'd like to hear if you're what you're doing about that because the equity programs although they're very well intentioned basically it goes as such if you grew up in a neighborhood that was negatively impacted by the war on drugs you get to the front of the line for licenses you get this you get that you get that you get one percent in this whatever and it's just ripe for fraud right it just is not working and by the way we got rid of affirmative action a long time ago right right What says you about equity programs in Arizona?
1: I always say, when in doubt, ask, what would Jesus do?
0: (laughs) I'm gonna ask what Demetri would do. What
1: would Jesus or the Mad Hatter do? So, what did Jesus say about social equity and equity in general? You can't draw a distinction between God's children about who deserves help. Now, if you wanna say that certain people deserve help because they were wronged by the drug war, Are you going to refer to just marijuana or are you going to go to all elements of the drug war? So, then how are you going to ultimately test that in a very scientific way? There's no science that can adequately explain how people were screwed by the drug war. Take, for example, a a white guy from a trailer park whose mom and dad ended up doing 30 years for transporting federal weed from, excuse me, weed from uh, marijuana, from San Diego or Tucson to Boston or New York from 1989 to 2000 something. He ended up staying home, worked at Circle K, took care of his three kids, never went to college, making $17 an hour. Was he screwed by the marijuana drug war? Hell yeah, he was, but he's white, and he moved his family over to Paradise Valley, Arizona, so they could go to a good school, and they rented a cheap little apartment that happened to be in the school district. Was he screwed by the drug war? Yeah, absolutely he was. Does he deserve reparations or social equity? Yeah, he does, but how are you gonna measure that? So what I've found in regards to social equity is there are ways, that, there are some groups that were quote unquote hurt more than others, but the only real way to social equity in my mind in all my studies is what Jesus would have said, and that's the free market. And removing regulations to allow everyone and anyone to participate who wants to. And if you're going to have a social equity pro- program, let people self-define. If somebody wants to self-define as, as someone who needs social equity, then they can apply then that way you're not depriving anyone of social equity. The, the truth is there is no absolute right or wrong. And again, it gets into tinkering and regulations and well-intended government programs gone wrong. It's a mess, you know? But uh, so, so my approach to social equity is remove the obstacles, remove the artificial barriers to entry, and let individuals uh, who believe they were harmed participate. I mean, it's, it's a very complex uh, situation. There absolutely are no right or wrong answers. There's just de- varying degrees of what may or may not work. It's just, it's a crazy topic. But we're doing a 26 social equity license here, here in Arizona. They're being issued in quarter three, quarter four of this year, and MEDA, our trade organization, is doing a big social equity push. We're getting um, all the members of the industry together to teach and educate Uh, those individuals who would self-identify as social equity, I'm going to keep talking until he interrupts me. No, I'm just checking the levels, man. Keep going. Actually, I was just just seeing if I could. I was just just messing with you. As long as it's
0: interesting, I'll let you keep going. Hey, warned
1: me about you. I'm just kidding. So, (laughs) so, So what we did is we realized that, look, we don't know what the state's going to define social equity as. There's going to be some abstract, kooky notions that somebody comes up with or maybe some magically, scientifically correct notions or maybe they'll use my notion. Which is anyone who identifies themselves for whatever social equity reasons uh, they, they, they perceive they've been wronged by, et cetera, by the drug work, um, they can apply for these licenses. We don't know what's gonna happen. And we do know the applications are gonna come in uh, uh, thank you. We do know the applications are gonna come in, in September, October, November. So what we did is we challenged industry members to educate and share and give those people who are going to apply a bird's eye overview of how the industry works. That's MEDA's social equity program. Mm. It's been a fantastic success, because not only is it helping everybody who self-identifies as social equity, it's helping college kids, it's helping C-Suite that want to transfer in, it's helping industry members that want to learn more about the industry, it's helping uh, looky-loos, it's helping politicians, members of media. If you want to learn about the Arizona industry, there's gonna be, there's about 60 hours right now, there's gonna be about another 40 hours of information on www.meda-az.org there for free sitting so you can self-teach cool and and that that to us is true social equity because we're helping everyone the power right Right. yeah and and we're just giving it away i think
0: it's very well said and a very interesting perspective particularly from someone that is a minority right like i I think that's the important conversation that we have to start having is that it's not just republicans and democrats it's not blue and red like you're a person you have an opinion right and and that's what America's all about. Uh, we talk about the equity, it's a very popular in, uh, topic in the news today, and I think cannabis is a really interesting microcosm of that. Right, um, yeah. My grandmother survived the Holocaust. She was a German Jew, right. fled to New York City. Am I entitled to something different because of that somehow? Maybe a nation? I, I just like, I, 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 where does it end, you know? <laughs> you, where you does it end? Israel, a nation? Oh, 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 Israel nation. Yeah, they gave yeah. us a country. They gave me and then country. they haven't stopped bombing us since. They didn't give
1: me a country, you know. Not
0: that I, I, actually, I would love to take back Baja. I don't. If I could uh, just have that for Mexico, I'd be happy.
1: I need a country. I don't identify with any particular minority group, so. Yeah.
0: But, I'm sorry, I didn't no, mean to pigeonhole you. No, it's no, just no. a good narrative.
1: No, no, it's good. It works for you, man. What does, you know? That's what the media does. That's what the media does. If you don't have don't. a narrative, you can't sell. I mean, we it. can
0: talk about regulations, or we can talk about racism. You
1: know, it's just better. Yeah, no, but, but back to the social equity stuff. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 a it's a crazy topic, but it create it, it 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 means market opportunities here in Arizona, and that's what everybody ultimately listening to your show, always interested in learning about the business environments of Arizona, uh, is looking for. What are the business opportunities? and not just the social equity licenses, the manufacturing play, there's 143 new manufacturing licenses, 143 new cultivation licenses, uh, the retail, uh, the retail uh, the touching points, the, where the touches the consumer, dispensaries, uh, delivery, that aspect of it is really restrictive based on the number of licenses, but those manufacturing cultivation plays are, are a tremendous opportunity. Uh, they're available on the secondary market, you can't go ahead and break from the state, you have to sublease them from an existing okay. dispensary owner. Those are good opportunities. But Arizona is you know, open for business. There's plenty of room for brands. You know, if, uh, I, I assume most of your listeners are probably in the California area. Mm, I have a lot of California listeners, but all over the yeah. place, yeah. and And all over the world, if you have a good brand that you're looking to get out there into the rest of the world, you know, I urge you to look at Arizona. It's yes. a solid adult use market. And you can navigate Arizona through Mita, mita org. Did I say that a couple times yet? Do it again. mita org. So we specialize in helping people navigate, understand, and maneuver the Arizona market, not just minorities, not just social equity, but specifically brands, manufacturers, cultivators, because really the retail touching side uh, is very restrictive. We won't have delivery until 2024. That was 20- my next question. Well, I can predict that kind Why of stuff. Why is it so delayed? <laughs> oh, Sorry. He he didn't catch my joke. I caught it. Okay. I'm just saying. I'm I'm inside you. (laughs)
0: Wow. You're inside me. You didn't even buy me a drink yet, man. (laughs) Well, that's
1: true. (laughs) I should probably get you a drink first. So, um, yeah, delivery is delayed because of a pissing match between some of the larger dispensaries when they were writing the the regulations. Not the regulations. When they were writing the initiative, which then became the statutory framework uh, for the regulations, legalese term um, a couple of dispensaries uh, kind of went at each other and one wanted to delay the implementation of delivery shocker yeah imagine that
0: Wow so, so now we're seeing the underbelly that is Arizona cannabis
1: or the underbelly that is American cannabis Let's so not
0: ourselves. Harvest and cure leaf got together and said hey if we don't have delivery lots of these stoners are gonna have to come
1: to our stores so nationwide and worldwide (laughs) there's a big movement to adjust and to manipulate the the laws that are the cannabis industry the new drug war 2.0 the the new drug war 2.0 how the tax and regulate market works uh that trend is not unique to arizona oh i understand it's in every state and it's in mexico but you realize that the
0: idea of delaying or denying delivery is really just hurting consumers. It's hurting little old ladies that can't get out of their house and go to the dispensary.
1: I'm not gonna disagree with you.
0: That's what they did. That's the decision they made. Well, I know it's very car based here. It's different than being, you know, in LA or in New York City or whatever, but still like, there is a huge swath of cannabis consumers that cannot physically get to the dispensary. And I mean, it's a business choice. I get that, but
1: yeah. Well, so, you know, I'm an advocate of the free market. And while I'd like to say in principle, any regulatory structure, any, any secondary regulatory structure beyond prohibition that the government makes is artificially denying people's right to access a plant, which should be available you know, through Mother Nature. I don't know what would happen if we had a true free market where anybody could do it, anything they wanted to. I would love to see um, a jurisdiction, whether it's a nation or a state, set that up, set that model up and let it go crazy. Because there's some that argue that if you did create a total free market, the investment capital wouldn't be there to develop the infrastructure to create decent supply no
0: competitive for, managers, no. for
1: the consumers. But my guess is that if you just let the free market go in Arizona, that enough people would participate and it would be figured out. It would drop the price of cannabis really fast yeah. and make a lot more options available to consumers. I can't prove that, though, because there is no model. I think the closest model we have is Oklahoma. Um, yeah, that, that, and it's so
0: small, too. But
1: that's still $2,500. But $2,500 is not going to allow my me tío Pedro de Oaxaca, who wants to come and cultivate in the fields of Oklahoma, to bring his machete with him, you know, and just do a little plantation, then sell on where, the side um, of the road. Where do the cartels you know fit into this? I'm just saying, you know,
0: my grandfather was a Bracero, you know. Where, where does the cartels fit into Arizona cannabis?
1: So, I like talking about the Braceros, the original cannabis cultivators of the United States.
0: You like changing okay. the subject.
1: No, the cartels. So, I, I don't Okay, so, yeah. I, I like the free market concept. Just wink really twice,
0: don't if. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I like his, he's fun.
0: Oh, man. Yeah, well. I mean, the cartels. But, but want... see, here's the problem. By denying delivery again. Right. One of the big sponsors of the show is a company called Onfleet. They make delivery software. Uh, they're Wait. enormous in the cannabis They industry. should
1: hire me as their lobbyist.
0: Done. Um, so what I'm saying oh, is by denying okay. delivery, by delaying it, by true. delaying it, you're propping up the black market here in Arizona, right? Five People are still going to have nine delivery. 520
1: four, three, four don't on this nine zero nine four bad idea <laughs> i don't care trust me <laughs> i don't care oh yeah dimitri downing at gmail.com that's better oh, that's email okay. is yeah, better Instagram
0: too. let's talk about numbers for a second i'm 1.5. close to headset i'm over at their booth at this other uh, this golf tournament we're at we didn't right. talk about that but um tell me about numbers in arizona what's the projection how how wrong are they going to be
1: uh, it, uh, the, the gross sales, I mean, it's a little complicated to measure, but it's about a $1.5 billion market. Um, you know, it'll be somewhere around there, maybe 1.75 in that range. Okay. So the average urban... When? In, in how long? Uh, this year, right now. Oh, this year. Yeah, this year. Uh, it was $750 million in 2019, and now we have adult use. This year will be, and of course you'll have to take out the 20 days that we didn't have sales between January 1st and, 20, and January 19th. But uh, this year will be 1.5 billion at least, maybe more. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, you know, I can do all the numbers in my head. No, that's
0: okay. I'm just looking
1: for you know, it. yeah, just approximately. But it, it's really people are underestimating the size of the Arizona market. How about <laughs> she got, you? She got me a Saint John's. What? How about you? I don't use cannabis. No. No, yoga is my it's drug. Don't lie to me. Freedom is my addiction. Don't lie to me. That's don't right? I Jack. Yeah. Really? No, I, no I, cannabis drink, for you. I, I, no? I do drink
0: a little bit, but. Well, that's even more fascinating.
1: Why do you do this? Uh, well, there's three reasons. So the reason I started in 2012 was because it was a good financial move, okay. and I I found it a, a good monetary uh, move, and so I started. Uh, my, my family had dispensaries, and my brother won licenses, and my dad had cultivation, so they were gonna you know, rock and roll. So I left economic development, I left prosecuting to get into this industry. And so I immediately said, what can I do? And they said, look, just study what's going on. Study the regulations, studying the science of it, study the movement, uh, study the licensing, network the hell out of things, find us more licenses. So I did that from two- August 8, 2012 through May 2012. And basically three years using my epistemological skills from Boston <laughs> University and my prosecutor skills to understand the cannabis industry. That's why I know so much about it. Yeah. So I, I spent that time here in Arizona doing that. And during that time, you know, I was trying to figure out what was going on. And when I came to understand the level and depth by which the government was denying people their basic access to something that should be as innocuous as coffee, it started to really bother me and when I started to truly understand cannabis policy and and the, the collective lies that were pushed upon us by the government and the media during the 70s, 80s, 90s, during the drug war, it kind of appealed to my libertarian side and it made me incredibly passionate about protecting and defending people's freedoms and trying to help people overcome the manipulation through messaging that uh, through messaging and through a narrative that sometimes people follow because they're just, you know, uh, too stupid to think for themselves. Not even necessarily the government actually, or somebody wants to, in a Machiavellian way, manipulate or achieve something like wizards behind the scenes. You know, and COVID was a great example of this. You know, there wasn't any COVID wizard trying to do this or that, but people were willing to buy into it to such a degree. Collectively. Collectively. Yeah. And it scares me that our collective stupidity can lead us to such a thing. Uh, and, you know, all those of us who have experienced the cannabis industry and cannabis policy and who have taken a deep dive into studying the development of cannabis policy and the changes in cannabis policy in the last 7,500 years of American history should really be skeptical of government action. And so, you know, the cannabis industry has provided me an outlet uh, to understand and express some of those feelings that I have within me, and my pursuit of individual freedom and and my rights, um, while also making a decent amount of money. And I found a sea of individuals, cultures, societies, countries, states, young, poor, old, minority, tall, white, black, brown, who just wanna have their right to use cannabis uh, in whatever capacity they need to to balance out their lives, who, who need help uh, and need to have those rights protected. And I can make money while I'm doing all that? My God, you know, what better way to go about things? So it really has become a, a, a passion for me, you know, protecting people's That's freedoms such and an rights. That's an awesome story, man. Yeah. You and, never
0: told that story before, have you?
1: No, I, I told a little bit about it. But uh, well, you asked.
0: I don't No, it was money, man. You hit it on the head. That's what I was yeah, looking no, for. No, but I
1: mean that's kind of the concept, you know. Because I, I don't want people messing with me. I don't trust me. I don't trust you. Why would you? you know, I know. Don't I mean, trust just anyone with a beard. Stranger. I learned you might, that. You might try to sell this for big money. I don't trust anyone. Who's gonna buy just, it? Like, I don't know. <laughs> I, don't, I just well, I am a bit more bouncy. Yeah. Know. So, but you know, I mean, it really is about freedom. It's about freedom. It's about choice. It's about liberty. It's what defines us as a people, you know. i think uh, that's as good
0: a place to wrap up as any man this was really fun um you exceeded my expectations really
1: yeah that's good i'm I'm sad that you had low expectations of me
0: (laughs) anyway i'm gonna stop laughing -uh. say goodbye this has been fun thank you again plug your shit again where should people go meet
1: a www.mita-az.org awesome thanks guys